This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. You know where you are. You're at the place where we talk about things that you're not going to find in the first five pages or so of Google, whether it's medical, relationship, emotional, spiritual. And today we're going to cover the relationship piece from the spiritual aspect, from the aging within a relationship, or even maybe looking for a relationship. My guests today are Carol and Jake Hasbon, and I was so happy to be introduced to them. They have a book, really what what got me interested is their book is called Aging Side by Side, The Sacred Art of Couples Aging with Wisdom and Love. Relationships change as we age. People's interests change. Our work situation changes. And that brings up, could bring up, you know, conflict issues. Carol and Jay, I want you to tell the listeners about how long you've been in relationship and then a little bit about what you just told me, Jay, how your relationship thrives after many years. Well, we met about 27 years ago, and we were working together at Lewis and Clark College. And when we met, there was a really deep soul recognition between us. And it was just simply a matter of time before we made our life, made it possible to be together. And that soul recognition, I believe, was connected to our shared spirituality. We we had an astrologer tell us once that one thing you two have in common is you will do anything anything to seek the oracle. Oh. In other words, we we both from early childhood have had a passion for all things spiritual. That doesn't mean that we've been able to bypass all the normal issues one gets into in relationship. <laughs> No, we haven't bypassed them at all. (laughs) They keep life interesting, right? Absolutely. They do. And and we could talk probably the whole time about this, but I want to do touch on aging. We were also very dedicated career people and we, we worked hard. We had our families and we was not our first marriages. We didn't have children together, but in our earlier years, when issues came up, but to be honest, I think we did bypass a lot of it. We just stayed busy and kept going. We mm. didn't have bandwidth, if you will, to do some of the deeper relationship work. And what's happened with retirement and aging is that the things we were bypassing started coming up and we couldn't ignore them anymore. Mm. So I would say part of the gift of aging and the freedom And slowing down, if you will, I'm not sure we've slowed down that much, but but we have freedom to uh, go to some of those scary places where Mm. we aren't getting along. And there is so much growth potential in those places of conflict and in suffering, if you will, relational suffering. And that started a whole new curriculum of growth for us as we started working with a couples therapist. Well, we started working on this project and studying all kinds of different theories on relationships. And I would say it has been a fast track to getting the things that are in the way 
of living fully up into the conscious world and addressing them. So, well, I would add, just what I would add to that is we both have graduate degrees in psychology, and our book uh, is a conscious attempt not to sound like psychologists or to have a psychological vibe to it. We wanted to tell a couple stories. And we wanted to lift up the tradition, the beautiful tradition, actually starting in the indigenous world of the power of story. Mm. And that these couples that we interviewed had powerful stories. And one of the big surprises to me in interviewing these incredible people was that when we start to, to dig deeply with our questions, the one thing that came out right at the beginning was you know, what What keeps you going in your relationship? Mm. And the reply was the ability to do your own work. Mm. When things come up, look at it. Mm-hmm. And if you need outside help, do it. Mm-hmm. And it was a very powerful message. And it wasn't that I was super surprised, but for it to come up so soon and so strong, I, mm. I was uh, it was a truth, you know, when truth comes through, it just comes through. Yeah. And I looked at these couples and and as we were interviewing these couples, we started taking back what we had learned as a couple from the relationships that we were observing from questions that we had spent so much time developing. And we started looking at our own relationships and, you know, we can do better. Mm do a lot better. And let's learn from this. And I think a lot of the evolving in the development of the book really had to do with our continued learning that and modeling that we saw with these couples. None of these couples would say that they have perfection down in marriage. That's the first sign of wisdom. You know, the first half of life is all about learning. And I think the second half of life is all about understanding. Mm. And uh, we get to a deeper level of what's going on. And so Carol and I, you know, we dedicated the book to our therapist, Theory Jenkins, here in Santa Barbara, but also to all family counselors. We just see the important work that they're doing. And we see it not from a theoretical point of view, but by the fact that we are in therapy. We continue to be in therapy with our wonderful therapist who has opened up for us so many insights for us to trust and to love each other more deeply. And that's a real gift. And so I would say that our relationship, what we say is the longer you love, the stronger you love. Mm. And this has been true for us. And But there have been times in our relationship where we had to, to face some of the unpleasant aspects of ourselves individually and as a couple. Mm-hmm. And and when we get through those tough times, we always come out stronger. We get closer, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's like you cleared out a space. I'm thinking of a joint with arthritis. They go in and they clean out the arthritis and the joint moves <laughs> a little better. That's wonderful. <laughs> yes. So I'm thinking that uh, I, I, the phrase gray divorce comes to mind. It's yeah. when senior, they're going to call everybody seniors over 65, I guess. More and more people at this stage of life are opting for divorce. Would you say that that might be that they haven't found, they don't know that it's available? Like some people are not oriented towards getting help, whatever form that might be, therapy, you know, psychiatry. Is there, 
it makes me sad is what I'm thinking, you know, because I don't want anybody to be in a relationship that isn't serving them. If it's, you know, awful and there's no hope, that's fine. I get it. But what would you say to people listening that might feel like, I just want to get out of here because it's not working. And my husband or my partner, whatever, male, female, doesn't want to go to therapy, will not do couples of any kind. What do you say to them? Uh, that That's a really a tough one. And something we've discovered, it's, it's obvious in plain sight, but well hidden, is that our generation made such huge gains in so many areas, in the women's movement, in consciousness raising, in, you know, more awareness about race relations and gender, blah, blah, blah. But where there hasn't been a lot of infusion of growth has been in couples' relationships. Mm. We we kind of inherit our parents' 1940s, 50s mm. models. And, and part of that model was you don't invest in relationships. Mm. In other words, you know, we I, I I would love to know how much money I spent on professional development, but in our, my younger years, I didn't go to couples workshops or any of that. Mm-hmm. And, and the men in this generation, the aging generation, uh, especially, got the message that vulnerability is not a masculine way of life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. avoid those things at all costs. So. We have worked in the area of, you know, inner life retreat work. We've worked with the Center for Courage and Renewal and Parker Palmer's work, which is all about making space for vulnerability and the voice of the soul. That comes out of the Quaker tradition. I mean, out of the Quaker tradition. And most of those circles are full of women. Mm -hmm. So what we're finding is it's, it's very common to have men not wanting to go near this stuff. And as we've been leading our book launch retreats, we, I can't, we have as many people, women come to us and say, I really want to come to your retreat, but my husband won't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would say to back to your question, it is a real shame if people get divorced and don't follow the, the ancient wisdom to lean into the pain. Mm-hmm. That is your path of growth. But if yeah. you have a partner that won't and the relationship is way more draining than life-giving, then it may be a, a, a good decision not to mm-hmm. go forward together. And I know that's a very, I wouldn't, it's a very nuanced decision because right, of course. all kinds of things. But, you know, you do pack your bags and take them with you. Another relationship, you have the same baggage. Exactly. Yes. And so you can have a fun fling, but guess what? You're probably going to attract a person at about your level of development and you're going to have the same issues. One of the things we say, and we got it from Terry Real. He's a wonderful therapist, and I would suggest to your audience to 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 look at some of his work. Terry Real, R E A L. He says we marry our unfinished business, mm-hmm. and uh, it's true. You know, I think for men, when I get this question, I say sometimes a relationship is used up, mm-hmm. and you've got to look at it. And is it? Have you exhausted resources? Have you really looked at this? Have you checked yourself out? Mm-hmm. On, on everything. Have you done this? And sometimes the answer is, we just can't do this anymore. And I understand. I've been there. It's, it's, yeah. And I'm with you. It's, it's always a little sad for me. Um, but sometimes for growth to happen, we have to make tough choices. Sure. And one of the things that both Carol and I have learned uh, over the years, but especially since writing the book, is choice is one of the human superpowers that we have. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and we can change our lives right now if we want to. And that the power of choice is, is that powerful. And uh, that's sometimes we have to make those kinds of difficult decisions. But Carol's right. We will take whatever debris field we have created with us. It's mm-hmm. And yeah. however, the new partner may be willing to look at shadow work, mm-hmm. may be willing to have an expansive spiritual view, may be willing to uh, go with you on your journey uh, of pain and maybe suffering. Maybe it's your biological family that's been such an issue for you. And all of a sudden you have a partner who will work with you on dealing with that. I know Carol's been terrific with me and just working out issues like that that I might have with my, I have had with my family, my birth family. And, but there are other things too. All of a sudden you've got a partner who's a resource, a companion in their truest sense of the word, a partner and the more expanded sense of the word that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes those choices very worthwhile and gratifying. Yeah. I do think that in order for us to do the hard work, we have to both be open to hearing the other person. What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it isn't necessarily about just communication skills because we, we, we all do communicate how we feel. <laughs> we just may not do it directly, but it's willingness to be open yeah. and, and to be influenced by your partner. And to trust that you can be who you are and say what you need to say and it won't ignite world war three or even more importantly, it might ignite world war three, but there's strength there that you can get through it. And, you know, Bruce Traumer's something that Carol was sharing. She's reading his, one of his books. He talks about stability and intimacy that relationships need both. And stability is is that, you know, I've got your back. We can get through this. Mm -hmm. I'm coming home. We're doing this. But intimacy is a a whole nother range. And we all know about intimacy around sexual behavior, around touch and the importance of being close and affectionate. But intimacy also means venturing into tough conversations, Mm -hmm. venturing into danger places together. Mm-hmm. going into the dark forest and to see what could be there and willing to risk it, mm-hmm. you know, yourself and the relationship to, to do something really important that needs to be done in the relationship. Yeah. And I would say to couples who, who just, they may have a lot of stability, but not so much intimacy. This is a rich area to explore. And as I, as we said in the book, sometimes if you need help, to get to those areas, a good therapist is is, is wonderful. And um, that's what we had to do, honestly. Or a coach. You or probably coach. know. I, one thing he yes. says is that a good coach or a therapist helps you have those scary conversations and supports you having the scary conversations. They don't tell you what to do. They just let no. you open up the space to find out what what's what's occupying it. And um, Yeah. And yet if it's our relationship, our sacred space with another human being, or even a family group of people. I don't I don't know why that still sticks in people's craw as something weak. Yeah, it is, it, I, there's just some stigma to it still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's getting better. Well, I yeah, think it, I agree. We, for men, it has, for us, it's more around the old patriarchal model 
that uh, is just falling apart and we know it. And, you know, dissecting, you know, what part of the old patriarchal system still works and what part of it doesn't work is something I think many men are, are dealing with currently. But vulnerability is something that men in general, we've just, especially at my age, feel uh, uncomfortable with. And the idea that you have to ask for help, you know, the old saw is, you know, men don't ask for directions and stuff like this. Truth to that. Yeah. You know? yes, we just is. feel, we should, we're, you know, we feel we need to know where we are. Why would you ask for directions? There's something wrong with me if I don't know where I am. Right. It's that kind of nonsense. One of the great things about aging, there are many gifts in aging, is that the men in my life are less competitive, mm. listen better. They've been slammed by life enough. Sometimes it's physical conditions. I know for me, I had prostate cancer and it was during the treatment of that, that I decided to retire. Mm. I just knew the time was up and I can't tell you how many men um, that I'm close to that have similar stories. They just said, okay, I can't beat this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be able to heal myself. But the fact is, I'm in a stage of diminishment. Mm -hmm. And that opening starts to lead to other questions, like what's really important to me? Yeah. And that's the realization that happened to me in an intensive care unit surgery. I just said, okay, what's really important? And loving Carol is like the top of the list. And a lot of men say this, mm -hmm. you know, um, men want to be loved. We want to know, and we often don't know how. Uh, we we want that relationship and uh, we want to be better. And the thing is that uh, what I'm seeing is that men are, we're very teachable. You know, we know about, you know, how to be a force multiplier at the workplace. We're not so familiar with how to turn that into inner growth, our relationships. You know, Carol was talking about investment. I cannot remember one conversation in my family about investing in relationships ever, mm -hmm. not one. I had bazillion relationships about why you need to go to college, why you need to be a success, da, 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 mm -hmm. all those things. And uh, so I'm not surprised. So when we started looking for couples, for every one couple that said, yes, we would be willing to have an interview with you guys. We had two or three who said no. And most of the reasons for the no's were the men in those relationships. Mm. And we still get that, you know, when we offer retreats, which is what we do as part of our book. And it's the men who the women have to drag to the meeting. It's the women who pick up our book. And there are some men who do, but mostly the vast majority are women. And then they say, hey, look at this. And if they can get their guy to, to look at it, once we get them in the workshop, the men are, they're amazing and they come alive. Uh, so I'm hopeful, you know, Dalai Lama said recently that he was a prisoner of hope. I love that. And I think with relationships, when men really, when we really want to, to get serious about it, I am hopeful that we can do this. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. You no, know, I think you even say that on your website. Relationships are hard. 
And I think at some point, we aging people might get tired of hearing, this isn't going to be easy, but you have to do your weight training. It isn't going to be easy, but you should really try to give up some sugar. And yet again, here we have another thing that's not going to be easy, but the payoff is extraordinary. And I would say probably better than weight training, although weight training could keep us upright and mobile. So I'm a fan. One of the questions that your you sent me or your people sent me was, is marriage really necessary? Yeah. And I think that's a great question because you're saying relationship, you guys are in relationship. I don't know whether you're married or not. It doesn't matter. I'm just, it, it, I mean, you have one name, so it's possible that you're married. <laughs> but I don't think marriage is essential as we age, but I think relationship is essential. Close, deep relationship. You could speak to the science of that, I'm sure. I, we, I love the Martin Buber quote, all real living is meeting to the spirituality of relationships, it is where we learn to, if you will, embody the love of God or the love of spirit and share that among ourselves. We're so profoundly connected. Mm-hmm. For me, I, 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 I love being married. To me, it's, it's a spiritual covenant. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a container that says you are being held by something larger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And, One of the reasons I really think couples who have a shared spiritual commitment and and an understanding that they are connected to something bigger than themselves, they don't ask that of their partner. Mm. You don't need your partner to be God. You've got a, a, you know, that there's a bigger story besides your, your little story and you're a part of that bigger story, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But, and it's a covenant that holds you through difficult times, which happen, you know, either from within or just the losses that happen in life and Mm -hmm. the the descents that we go through as we age. And so anyway, the number of our couples would say things like, you know, we have each other's backs. Yeah. Maybe that's speaking to the stability part of the... Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Jay Jay is the one that says, asks that question more than I do, because um, you might want to speak to it also. What's the question? Is, is marriage necessary or is it still relevant? Well, we hear it all the time. And, uh, and I always say it depends. Mm. You know, tell me about you. You know, what are you about? Who are you? And who's this person in your life that you're asking this question about? What what kind of conversations have you had? How daring are you? How courageous are you? And I always say, I can't imagine not being married to Carol. Mm-hmm. And it's been wonderful. And but I also tell them some of the some of the issues that we've had to work with to get to where we are. And so I I said, are you willing? I don't know what your issues will be, but I know you, you will have issues. Mm-hmm. And in terms of being married, in terms of the social contract or the legal contract, that's a really personal thing. We, we were living together before we got married. And it just became, we felt there was a covenantial aspect to marriage. It's public. You're saying to the world, and to our friends that we stand together on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I I think there's a special place for couples who, who do this kind of work. I call it beneficial presence. Mm-hmm. That couples can have a very powerful beneficial presence. And it doesn't mean if you're married or not. I'm talking about couples. 
because when that happens, you're standing, you know, you're telling the world we're standing together here and we're working on whatever needs to be worked out. And it's almost like we've become an island of sanity in a crazy <laughs> world that is That's so narcissistic, sure. so grandiose, yeah. uh, so out of touch with so much. Just to have a couple, an aging couple who at least makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. a perfect marriage. But I can, our kids watch us very closely in terms of what we're saying, what we're doing. And I know that they don't agree with everything we do. I don't expect them to, but I also know they're watching us. And so what are they seeing? It's not for me to answer that question for them, but I do know they're seeing something and they, they notice that, for instance, we have a book. I just turned 80 and they're saying, huh, <laughs> the old man's got a book out. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> or, or we'll travel and do something or we'll say something to each other the way we conduct ourselves in their presence when we're all together. And it's a look. It's maybe a question, but it's an interaction. And it, it, it there's a family dynamic going on here, too, that mm-hmm. I think that a couple who really is together, how that influences the family structure and, and the family history. But yeah. Just one thing I'd add about marriage. When people meet later in life, and we, we have a number of friends who are widowed, and then yes. they get together with someone else. Marriage is a different question because you have your children who bringing in new partners after death is very nuanced and complex. Hmm. Also, you have your financial resources that you want to go to your children. Anyway, a number of people we know who meet later in life don't get married for for those kind of practical reasons, but they're just as committed. And But it keeps things cleaner financially and with uh, their legacy stuff. Mm. I was reminded about... I. I got married when I was 50 for the second time. I had a starter marriage. It lasted about a year and a half when I was young. But this time, I was really not sure I wanted to be married. We had been together just a few years. But I went to see my spiritual advisor a couple of times in a row. And the last time he said, because I kept wanting him to decide for me, I think was the thing. you know. And he's a psychotherapist as well. And he just said, here's all I can tell you. You're going to take out your checkbook and sign the bottom. And you're going to make that two person that two sentence line goes to the person you're marrying and he said you are not going to know what the number is how much you have to invest but i guarantee you the return will be amazing it will be more than you could expect and i thought that's yeah that's really beautiful <laughs> and so i thought okay you just jump in it's like you one of you said the word courage and for some people and i wasn't i mean 50 isn't that old where i still you know i had all those things in place that you're talking about but it was really the answer I needed. It was the answer I needed to feel that I didn't have to know everything. Now now I know 20 years later almost, there's no way to know, but it's all good because we choose that. We do choose it to be all good. And there are blessings in that. You know, mm-hmm. we actually wrote uh, the Beatitudes of a Marriage. And that, there's a story in that. Uh, basically, we had the book written. And our publisher just said, you know, this could be a really much better book. You need to rewrite it. Oh. Now, one of the worst days of my life. Uh, uh, but it was a wonderful thing, too. You know, in all things, there's a hidden wholeness. Yeah. And uh, from Thomas Merton. 
And we, in the rewriting, came up with the Beatitudes of a Marriage. And it helped to focus not just the sacramental or the the wisdom and love, but the spiritual piece of it for us. And also, we understood that Beatitudes have a lot of baggage for people who are reacting to Christianity. I understand all of that. But at its essence, a Beatitude is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And the blessing is also a call to depth. Mm-hmm. And deep goes to deep. And we had some some breakthroughs when we were working with that. One was the Beatitude that has to do with welcoming the stranger in each other. Mm. I was just turning to that. It was funny. I was going to talk about yeah. that. Blessed is a couple who welcomes the stranger in each other, mm. where they shall find wonder and encouragement on their growing edges. This came from our two rabbis who their whole practice is around welcoming the stranger, but we change. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the person you were at 50, I'm sure, was a different person. Absolutely. And and aging increases the changes. So welcoming the stranger and being attuned to one another to go to notice the changes that are going on is a really critical part of relationship work at this at this stage of life. Yeah, I would say being open to the what you just said, we are going to change. Aging changes us. And if we only as so much of the conversation is like anti-aging and fighting the aging process and this and that. And I'm thinking if that's where our head is. And we can't accept and learn to love and deal with whatever is coming up. It's going to be another stranger in the relationship. It's going to be this thing that is in the relationship that doesn't need to be there. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like aging, I have this expression I've used for a long time, but it fits aging really well, which is holy stripping. There, <laughs> there is a part of aging that I feel, you know, we both talk about this. We both feel more thin skinned. It's yeah. like we are more reactive mm-hmm. and also more absorbent of what's going on. Like last night, we both got up this morning and said, boy, I didn't sleep well, neither did I. And then we went into, well, what's going on in the world that we're picking up on? And your your psychic and your your read of things is, it's it's, it's interesting as your capacity to remember the details, (laughs) the names decrease. (laughs) I think your your larger intuitive knowing increases. Yeah. and, and that can feel very strange. It's like, well, oh, yes. <laughs> and sharing about it is what we mean by welcoming the stranger. I, I, I don't even know if I know myself anymore. I have a friend who has a dear friend who has dementia. Mm-hmm. And um, he is as present as he's ever been, but not in the form of a traditional language structure or cognitive systems as we might acknowledge or recognize uh, intelligence or the traditional uh, analysis we have of functioning but on a level of just presence the guy is totally there and yeah. he he's kind of a buddha he comes into the room and he sits and he you know he participates in conversation he just can't keep it for long mm-hmm. uh, but his presence is beyond that and it's it's remarkable and i'm not trying to romanticize all the issues around the cognitive uh, issues we have with dementia or Alzheimer's. But I'm saying this is, is, is a situation I've experienced with him that nothing's really changed between us because the nature of our friendship has always been philosophy, spiritual questions, Mm -hmm. 
depth work. And he's still there for that. Hmm. Sometimes we don't talk at all. We're just together and we just will say, let's meditate for a while. He can pull that off easily and I can feel it. So there's, you know, the, the, the idea, Carol alluded to this, that we are separate is a complete fantasy. It's an illusion. We are all connected. You know, one of the Beatitudes we have that we get a lot of feedback, especially from the men, is this Beatitude that says, blessed is the couple who dances with the tension between me and we, for they show no companioning without loss of self. And, you know, where does where does me stop and we begin mm. and vice versa in companionship. And we live in a culture that has diminished the we and has overemphasized, in my view, the me. And, and, and of course, that is being acted out in all of our relationships. And I think right now what's happening with the changing times, I think we're moving into a new season of my astrologer, who's a Vedic astrologer. I have uh, one of those. <laughs> yeah. He points out we're moving into a whole new yuga. Yeah. And the transmission of that energy, of course, impacts couples. Mm-hmm. And it's inviting us to a different dimensional aspect of how to be in relationship, not just with our partner, but with the world, mm-hmm. with nature and everything else. And so understanding that's important participating in that is important. Talking about that is important, but demonstrating it in terms of how we conduct our relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, what does we really mean? Does that mean, what does that mean? Does that mean that I don't get anything I ever want and Carol always gets what she wants? Those, those, of course it doesn't mean that. It means that we talk through what needs to be talked through. We have something we call hell yes. If there's a decision that needs to be made, we say, is this a hell yes? I mean, we just... For both of for us. For both of us? Right. Yes. Then, then we jump into it. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if it's not, then we say, okay, it's more questions. We have, we need to do more research. You were about to say something. Well, just a little bit more on the me and we. As you retire, yes. and when you retire, you, you balanced me and we by leaving each other all the time. <laughs> 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 we went to our own work worlds. And I, I traveled a lot. Jay had you know, was teaching in Europe. So we had a lot of me time away from each other. But when you retire, that is greatly reduced. So being conscious of balancing me and we as you retire is a really useful frame. Mm-hmm. Um, we Everybody says, oh, well, we should move into a smaller space. Well, actually, <laughs> but we are co-housing with a very dear friend. But we we got clear. In fact, our, our friend and mentor, Parker Palmer, said, if you're going to live with other people, make sure that the success of that depends on having your own separate spaces. Mm-hmm. So we really have defined spaces. Both Jay and I have our own offices. And we we protect each other's privacy. To, mm-hmm. you know, Rilke talks about that. Um, so that the me time is, is not interrupted by all the you know, the internet, the interruptions, we have to concentrate and be creative. And then we have intense times of we, where we're together. together, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do spiritual practices to enhance those times. Mm -hmm. Together. One of the biggest we things we do is actually we do days of silence. Mm -hmm. 
And it's amazing. We're going to do one coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. And where we uh, basically went to silence all day and come out for dinner around dinner time. And it just is a way to quiet down, tamper down, to go within. within. Mm -hmm. And we always, always feel closer. It helps our intimacy Mm -hmm. when we do. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I tell couples all the time, it's very countercultural to be quiet in a culture yeah. that's constantly, you know, inputting on all kinds of levels. So there are ways, really creative ways for us to explore we's, the we of us in different dimensions. And I think silence is one, meditation is another that we do together. We read spiritual books together aloud and discuss them. We sit down each evening before supper and share our days and our insights from the days with our, our roommate. We and, do Shabbat. We, and we practice Shabbat. And none of us are, well, I guess Jay's half Jewish. We traveled to Israel and we worked with these rabbis and we just want, want to own our Jewish roots in our traditions. So we pra- practice Shabbat every Saturday night, which because we're Christians, we go to church on Sunday, so that's our day of rest. That's like the best thing we've done for ourselves ever. Pray <laughs> for our children. We embrace the ritual. So anyway, I love that. Yeah. Well, where can people buy your book? Is it pretty much everywhere? Amazon, it Barnes, it's everywhere. It is, yeah. And our our website is sidebysideaging.com. And, and all kinds of resources. On yeah, that. you've got a lot of free, some PDFs here, the Beatitudes and questions to reflect on your marriage. There's many mm-hmm. things here for people that are either looking to deepen an intimate relationship that's already very rich with that or wanting to have a little bit more of that kind of intimacy and connection um, at whatever age and wherever you are. And especially I'm thinking for people that are single and looking to partner Yes. What you were talking about, you know, wherever I am, wherever I go, there I am. Baggage comes with us, this and that. I, I remember a woman named Dr. Sue Mortar, who is a brilliant spiritual woman, also a chiropractor, but her work is mostly in the spiritual realm these days. And she said on an interview, it's not okay to leave until it's okay to stay. Yes. And I thought that really troubled me at the time that I heard that. I said, that doesn't make any sense. You should get out of the situation. No, makes perfect sense. It's the same thing that you two were saying. You have to do the work before you set off to find that next partner, or you'll meet that person who meets you where you are, which if you're coming out of a bad relationship, could be anger, resentment, fear, you know, whatever. So all of that to say, thank you for your time and insights. You mentioned retreats. And you do have them here on the website. Well, we we have two more coming up, one in the Bay Area and then one in Portland, Oregon. Um, And they aren't yet. We're just getting ready to publicize them. We finished the one in Santa Barbara. We may be offering more in the spring um, on your your side of the the country. Well, so we're we're looking into that. So yeah, we'll we'll be on the road. And you can if you want to write to us, there's a way to send us a message. And we always write people back when we hear from you. So this is very enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for your time. And I will I'm gonna be picking up your book. <laughs> okay. well, well, one thing for you, read it with your partner if he's willing, because or she's willing, because it's best read aloud. And then there are questions at the back. You can talk about what the themes and how they relate to you. That's how to get the most bang for your buck with our book. <laughs> he might be open. He's open over the years. He's gotten much more 
He's married to a coach. There's no way that he could not start to do some personal development. I would present it to him would be, here's something fun we can do. Just let's try something different, you know, and talk about these things instead of the news and, you know, the the minutia of the day and the work and, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. They're stories, you know, and everyone loves a good story. Absolutely. Really good stories in here. Well, thanks again, Carol and Jay. Nice to have you. And people, I'll be back next week with another fabulous guest or two. Hey, before you go, peeps, I was just wondering if we are connected on social media. If not, let's do that. You can find me on Instagram at rebelwell50. Same on Twitter. Facebook, it's Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And hey, don't be a stranger. Comment. Let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously. 